Howdy, this is Grant Cole in Houston. This is Rick Collins in Dallas. And I'm Dustin Zare in Austin. Thanks for joining Texas Rugby Monthly. fans welcome back to mlr kickoff my name is dan power wait sorry no no, that's not right uh welcome welcome to earful my name's aaron castro no that's not right sorry uh this is the bonus point with uh tj no sorry uh uh, let's see what else we got oh this is uh uh, welcome to the rant uh i'm the big guy uh how many podcasts are out there in the world of rugby it doesn't, it doesn't really matter because this is Texas Rugby Monthly. Uh, I'm Dustin Zare. That's Grant Cole right over that way. Oh, sorry, right over that way. You got Rick Collins over here. Guys, how's it going, man? Another month, another another glorious episode with the three-headed Hydra that is Texas Rugby Monthly. You cut one off and eight more will come in its place. Exciting. And yes, we are very, very probably a little more demented today than we have in the past. To talk about today. We, we do have ML. I mean, we, there, there are so many things to talk about and super excited. Uh, we, we also have a really great guest on and we're going to start off with our guest. Uh, and of course, you know, if, if you watch any major league rugby, you, you know him, you've heard his voice. He is a, a towering presence in the world of Texas rugby. And of course, we had to have him on none other than Mr. Kit Mechanico. Kit, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. <laughs> Bringing Kit on. Vo- voice in the, the AG's game this past weekend. Are, are, you, are you slated for the one this coming week on, on Sunday? I've got the one. I'll be working on with Lincoln Rose for the AG's oh, game. Oh, nice. Excited. Yes. That's, that's, that's on Lincoln is a big fan of the podcast. He listens literally uh, probably to the episode at least three times a week. Uh, He knows where to get all his information when it comes to Texas rugby. (laughs) He says that to your face. If he actually does. (laughs) I'm kidding. No, 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 it's okay. He's, he's the one that gets our viewership up to three. (laughs) 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 Well, well, Kit, you know, we've, you know, I think it's, you are the first announcer that we've ever had on the podcast. So congratulations. Bar very low for you. Yeah. Well, we wanted to set it pretty low to start <laughs> off with. So we didn't, we, you know, we didn't no. have high expectations. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you thought you were just going to get it from Grant. You're going to get it probably from all three sides. <laughs> so I, I guess, tell us, how did you, you know, my first question is how did you ever get involved with MLR rugby? Uh, you know, coming from a background because i know you, you were a soccer guy for a while um probably still are a soccer guy for the most part but you know you got into you know broadcasting how'd you get into mlr um no you're right i, I was i did a lot of soccer broadcast for mls usl nasl and um i was fortunate i was asked to do some work for t5 rdg and the first person i ever got to work with was the one and only grant cole oh and- god Talk about getting thrown to the fire. Right. Um, <laughs> thrown to the fire and then yeah, covered in something else probably too. <laughs> honestly, it was one of the best things that could have ever happen to me. And I'm very fortunate to be able to call Grant a friend and a colleague. And he's been absolutely wonderful to me. Everything he's helped me and continues to help me with. I mean, I speak with Grant during the season 
way more often than he or his wife would like. Uh, I know he <laughs> sees my number come up on his phone and he just ignores it. Thankfully, he generally he, he generally answers. He doesn't have to, but he generally does. <laughs> um, but no, I was fortunate to work with Grant, did some Red River rugby conference work, did some collegiate work. And then I started working for the Huns when they were making the transition from club rugby on to MLR. And I was fortunate that they kept me on and I've been able to work in the MLR since its inception. I'm just honored to be a small part of the growth of rugby in this country. It's fantastic. That's, you know, I, I think that that's, you know, speaking as somebody who we've seen kind of, we all, I guess all three of us, all four of us have seen the growth to, to say that, hey, you've been a part of it since the beginning speaks volumes to at least the quality of work that you do. So there, you, you have that. We'll have to commend you on that. <laughs> well, Dustin, that's, that's kind of you to say. As I said, I love the sport. I, I love the state and anything I can do to help grow it. I'm, I'm thrilled to do so. Did you know much about rugby beforehand? Like, cause you're, you're a pretty tall guy. Like, you know, did you play at all or did you have any kind of inkling that it existed before, I guess, before you got touched with, with Grant and, uh, and the Huns? I played very briefly and I quickly realized that I was not nearly man enough to play this sport. Um, <laughs> that, that, that did not take very long. My father actually played club rugby. My, my brother played in high school and I lived in Argentina for a while in my twenties. And obviously oh, nice. rugby's huge in Argentina. And one of my good friends, his cousin played professionally. He played for a club called alumni. So we would go to their games and I got to watch the Pumas play a bunch and when you're when you're in a rugby culture like that, it's it's completely different, and that really sowed the seeds of my, my love for the sport in Argentina. Mm -hmm. Nice, Rick. Did you have? Sorry, you, I think you I decided you to get into broadcasting. I fell into broadcasting backwards. Um, I, I did not. <laughs> I, I didn't intend on being a broadcaster, but I'm fortunate and thankful every day that this is what I do. I love it. I get to be around great people. I, it's, I mean, I get to do numerous sports. I get to meet great people and rugby people are some of the best people I've met. And I'm thankful for that. I, but to answer your question, when I came back from Argentina, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had a friend who had a bilingual sports radio show. He asked me if I'd join him. I did. And somehow that worked and he is now a writer for ESPN and he writes for them in English and Spanish, mainly for ESPN FC, their soccer website. And I got into the broadcasting end of things, but all because he asked me to do a bilingual sports radio show with him. That's, that's, that's awesome. I didn't, I did not. That's a fun fact. Uh, so at least doing a bilingual sports broadcast, was that here in Texas or was that somewhere else? No, that was here in Austin. That was a show. It was called Football in Vivo, and we would do thirty minutes in English and thirty minutes in Spanish. Same content or different? Or different content? Uh, no, it was generally different content. Man. Oh, uh, good. I was worried you might be saying this, you know, saying it in English, and then immediately <laughs> then translating into Spanish, just, just like if you're calling though. calling a number or something. <laughs> like, you know, no, it, it, press it was, one it for kids fun. English. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, it was fun. And, and for the most part, we had completely different audiences. We, we had English speakers who would turn in, tune in for the first 30 minutes. Then we'd have a completely different audience for the second 30 minutes. And um, the good news was the FCC, there, there are a lot of things in the second 30 minutes that probably uh, yeah. shouldn't have been said. Because they were said in Spanish. We got away with it. Yeah, that's most of the FCC probably doesn't speak Spanish, so that's probably why that. <laughs> you know, just I'm just going to throw it out there. You you know, just just thinking out loud there. So, <laughs> so let's 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 talk a little bit about you know MLR. You know, we're it's we've in we're one weekend, which is fantastic. The opening weekend was 
probably one of the most exciting weekends for rugby. If you watch the games like you saw, I think what, what was it? The average points per game was 55.5 points per game. So no defense being played anywhere across the league, which is exciting. Talk to me about, you know, just a little bit thinking about season one, two, three, well, 2.5, because since three really didn't happen. And then leading up until now and, and the changes that you've seen, not only like on the pitch, but in the broadcast aspect mm-hmm. of it. It's been absolutely monumental, and Grant Grant can attest to this. He's seen it on both ends. He's seen it from the broadcast, and he's seen it from the play on the pitch. And as you guys know, the, the caliber of play has improved exponentially. The international players, I mean, you look at you look at the Giltinis roster. I mean, look at people that are playing in San Diego. Look at some of these guys that are here that who would have ever thought? I mean, when. Yeah. When Bastro came in last year in, in, in the Beast and Tendai, and you're sitting here saying, these guys are going to play in the U.S.? Yeah. And that was just the beginning. I mean, that was the very beginning. And now in year four, everyone has international players. But to me, the cool thing isn't just the international players. It's the local talent. And you look at the development programs. You look at what they've been able to do. Look at what they've done in Houston. Look what they've done in New England. Look at what they've done in Utah and other places, bringing these local players, these collegiate kids up. They don't have to go to Europe. They don't have to go somewhere else. I mean, I saw Cam Dodson and these guys playing here in MLR, and they're phenomenal talents, and they're going to be Eagles, these guys, someday. And to be able to see them here is, is just great. Yeah. On the broadcast end of things, it's night and day. I mean, Grant can tell you the first year, we're out there under a tent being <laughs> rained on and trying to keep our, trying to keep our equipment dry and it's it's 150 degrees in the summer and 30 degree and it's just you're doing everything you can but and you're out there for the love of the sport you're out there for this opportunity to be part of something new and to be there at the beginning and right now i mean the people we brought in reese edwards from europe and just the crew that we have jimmy cuddy and the people working on the broadcast end of things scott railing at l2 in austin i mean these are guys who do major sports in every level and to have them as a part of major league rugby broadcast speaks volumes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, the things that we've seen and I, I chatted with Dan power a bit, a bit about it on, you know, the Austin rugby podcast and just said, you know, we see these changes. We see you, you talk about quality play, but you see the broadcast changes and each game it's improving better and better and better and better and better. And I think that, you know, as we start to get more eyes on it and some of the people complain about, you know, camera angles and things like that, which we can talk about, you know, extensively and is talked about extensively on social media, but it's because I I think people don't realize that some of these guys who are out there doing the camera work on the field, rugby is not the first thing they've done They're They've got basketball, football, like L2 productions, like how many different things do they do? You know, you go to overseas, a lot of these guys who are the camera operators pretty much are rugby guys. (laughs) Like they are doing premiership. They are doing super rugby. And so they know where the ball is going to go and they know what's going to happen. And I think that's one of the big changes that I think we'll start to see is these people, as these camera operators start to say, oh, I know where it's going to go. And they can kind of anticipate and we'll get better shots and better views for you as commentators. Because, I mean, I, I know watching the match and, you know, we know that all the, uh, the commentators are in Austin, you know, right now at, at L2 kind of doing so- socially distant commentating, which I'm going to ask you about, but it's got to be better for you once we start getting those people to know the sport a little bit better so they can have the better uh, shots for the commentators. 
Oh, absolutely. And it, doing doing the remote model, which more and more companies, I mean, ESPN, CBS, Fox, everyone is going to for numerous reasons. It's it, it has its pluses, it has its minuses, but it's difficult if you're not on site and yeah. you are at the mercy of the camera operators. And and we've seen that, but I will give them credit. They do a great job. And very few of these people said, I'm going to be a professional camera operator for rugby. <laughs> yeah, right. um, if, if they said that two years ago, they would they would be unemployed. <laughs> so right. they are they are learning the sport they're doing a great job and the league is doing a fantastic job we have we have meetings every week i had a meeting earlier today with colin holly who is my broadcast partner today with reese edwards we talked about the good things from the match from the ag's week one match we talked about things that need improvement it's, it's those little things and doing the things like that shows that mlr wants to improve they're listening to the fans they're listening to the feedback they get and not everything is going to be fixed from week one to week two, but the changes that are going to be made week in and week out are small and most people may not notice them. But if you look at the product compared to where it was in year one and look at the product where it is in week 18 of this year compared to where it was last week, it'll be a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest complaints we had, right. Was, um, the, uh, what is it? Toronto Atlanta match. We yeah. missed the first 14 minutes or so. And then uh, New York, San Diego, which which looked like a disaster. And that, you know, I don't know who that's on. Really, that's more of the camera operations. And, and they may have been forced into that position due to the uh, facility that they're in. But compared to, like, yeah, the first, second year where literally there was one game where they never followed the ball with a camera. It was like, like stuck in position for the entire first half. I think it was in Atlanta. I mean, it was, we were sitting there going, I've seen better division three recorded matches. Like this is, <laughs> and now we're at the point where we're literally arguing over little, you know, minutia yeah. in terms of the broadcast. And, and really it's not the broadcasters. I'd say the broadcasters um, have done really good job this year has been i mean i one of the things that i was reading on reddit was just how impressed people were overseas with the product in terms of uh the stadiums uh the announcers uh the uh camera work in general um as well as some of the entertainment and things that were provided during the matches so i think i think it was a big win in week one and and the great part is that we were starting at almost zero, right? And now we're going to be looking at, you know, making another step in week two, which none of the other leagues are doing that. I mean, all the other leagues are stacked to broadcast. So only way to go is up. <laughs> Rick, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and that's what the league has done. And I, again, I, I credit the league. I, I mean, from the top down, but what Jimmy Cudahy has done in the broadcast and the production end of things, the professionalization, and you look at the atmosphere in the stadiums and, Aviva Stadium in Houston, Bold Stadium in Austin, places that I know well, a few years ago, nobody would have ever thought. And the, the fact that these teams are playing in these stadiums, they have their own facilities, that beautiful weight room, that performance center that's being built there. It's Grant's son helped uh, equip that thing in Houston this week. But these are things, and it, ha it has to happen bit by bit. And if you're comparing it to Super Rugby, if you're comparing it to what you see in the Premiership, that's doing a disservice to Major League Rugby. Yeah. It, 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 you have to you have to understand that that this is year four, and it's going to take time. This isn't going to be a Super Rugby 
kind of events in year four. But if you continue to support it, if, if we continue to make these strides, one day it will. And that day is not going to be too far in the distant future. Yeah. I, I, I love what you said there, you know, talking about like not comparing to super rugby, you know, on social media, people talk about, Oh, bold stadium. It's so far away. You know, they could play so much closer to home. It's like, there's, you know, you think about it, like there are certain regulations that you have to have for a pitch. I said, bold stadium is just as far as, you know, as uh Dell diamond was in round rock or, you know, or the multiplex. Um, you know, and so when you, when you talk about that, like you can't compare it and of course you have people from overseas going, well, this is, you know, the kind of the same as, you know, what we have, uh, it's not the same as what they have in super rugby. Why would I not travel down there to watch it? I was like, because it's a great 5,000 person facility, you know, capacity facility that you can go watch high quality rugby with guys who played super rugby and guys who will, you know, who knows we could have Americans, you know, you know, Mason Peterson, who he even talked about it. He, he's open to going to play over in Europe and going to play in Super Rugby if he ever got the chance to. And so I think you, you're right there. You know, these facilities are fantastic. Yes, you know, I know San Diego's kind of been thrown a, a, a t- tough bone here just this year, not being able to play at Tor- uh, Toro Stadium. But, you know, at the same time, you know, look at all the other stadiums and how well people are doing and the growth. And like you said, kid, like the growth in Austin, we saw it in that first match. Like there were people all around the stadium. Um, you know, I, I wasn't there in person, but I know people were sitting on the camera side, in the end zone, in the, in the tents, you know, in the main stands, you know, at 50% capacity, which would be roughly about 2,500 people at a match. No, you're right. And the word is out. And it, it's taken time, but... I firmly believe this is the breakout year. This is the year that Major League Rugby puts its foot in the ground and moves forward. People, this is a game that Americans will fall in love with, as we all know. I mean, this is this has everything you want. It's the physicality of football. It's the pace of play of soccer. It, it has everything people want. It's quick. It's 80 minutes. This is the year. And Major League Rugby knows that. They've invested. They've done everything right. And I, I've said this from day one. If you can get somebody out to a rugby match in person, they'll, they'll go again. All you have to do is get them to that first match and they're hooked. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you talked about it. You know, major, major, major League Rugby knows it's the year, of course, with partnerships like Geico and American Airlines and you know, all the other partnerships that they've got lined up. I mean, those are huge, huge partnerships. Like that's not, <laughs> you know, that's, that's not sitting there going, Hey, we got Joe's crab shack or, you know, from down the street, I say Joe's crab shack, which is a major, which was a major chain, but this, you know what I mean? Like some Joe Schmo, you know, this is you know, <laughs> tire and battery or whatever it may be down, down on third street, but this is major corporations. And especially in a city like Austin, where you have new, you know, businesses like Google and Facebook and everybody moving here, as you know, like these companies are going to start getting involved. And so once they get involved, their, their employees are going to get involved and they're going to be out of the stadiums. Yeah. I can't wait to see Toyota be a sponsor for the Dallas Jackals next year. Which one? Toyota. The Jackals next year. They just moved their, uh, their executive uh, headquarters up to uh, Plano Frisco area. Oh, okay. Well, uh, so are the Jackals going to play next year? <laughs> I, uh, I, hey, I finally, I finally got my kid in. So there you go. Okay. I hope they Ouch. do. That hurt. I, that, that, <laughs> that hurt. I know. I, I was, that hurt. It only took four still, months. We'll, we'll, we'll still continue with that one. We'll still continue with that one. So, will, will the Jackals play next year? I don't know. We're gonna wait and see. <laughs> uh, so get, so, before we get rid of you today, um, I've got a question for you. Oh, uh oh, uh oh. For for your 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 fourth season of doing this, 
you've, you've seen almost all the players in the league. And, and so of all the players you've seen, who is your favorite? That is difficult to say. And the, the, the broadcaster in me does not want to answer that question. <laughs> um, Doesn't matter. Sorry. You got to, you got to answer all questions on Texas. Rugby. Well, this is not one pass or kick. Let's ask it a Texas different way. Rugby monthly. Which, which I will take the card and go to the sit bin. No, let's, let's do this. Let, let's do this. Which MLR athlete entertains you the most? Hmm. Do you think is one of the most entertaining? Well, I will say, I mean, there are a ton of them, but somebody I've seen recently, and so he sticks out in my mind. I saw him. I saw him this last week in a Bolton Stadium. Is Mikey Teo, and Mikey is he—he's he, just something about him. He—he's an X factor, as you say, Grant. He's the kind of guy that, you know, when he gets the ball in his hands, you're not going anywhere. You keep your eyes on the pitch. He's—he's he, he's in the right spot. I mean, I remember. Just he, he does the little things. He's smart, and he he is the consummate Southern California guy to me. I mean, <laughs> I'm there pitch side, and Mikey comes out for the pregame warm-ups at Bolt Stadium wearing a pair of Vans. Everybody else is in their cleats. Mikey's in his Vans for his pregame warm-ups. Um, he's, he, he's something else. He's a great guy. He's, he's a great representative of MLR. And he is a phenomenal athlete. So just because I saw him a few days ago, he sticks out in my mind. Yeah. Well, and he's been around since uh, even before the MLR in pro rugby. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he was yeah. a very entertaining player there as well. And, and possibly one of the reasons I continue to watch the Breakers game is just because of Teo. So I would agree with you there. Yeah. Very entertaining player. So, so Kit, who is, uh, of all the players, who's the hardest name to pronounce? <laughs> Man. Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> I Grant had a, Grant I, had a few on the uh, on some, some Texas Rugby monthly live streams a couple of weeks ago when he was doing the Houston game. He was he was, he was working hard, working hard. <laughs> I, I'm very fortunate that I work with great people, and for the South African names, I asked Dallin Stanford, the great Dallin, the legend himself, for help. Um, I, I, I lean on Grant a lot, and Grant knows this. Every week for the game coming up, I run pronunciations with Grant. The, the, the Latin American players I'm good with because I speak Spanish. The Fijian players are difficult. Yeah. I will say that much. And my, my apologies because I know I'm butchering some names there. Um, so uh what about, I, I, what I about some of those, those a lot but it's slow going what you about know, some of the things Eastern european guys there's there's nobody you know locally you know at least you can find some fijians that play on some clubs around here but you know you get some of the eastern european again those are ones that i lean on those are i call grant and say grant what? Help me, please. <laughs> <laughs> and to his credit, he always does. Please. That's right. <laughs> One name for five minutes. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, and, and you know what I tell everybody, all commentators, is uh, if you when you're practicing those names, pretend you're seeing the player running at you from 20 meters away, <laughs> and you've got to get his name right, or else he's going to tackle you. Yeah. <laughs> An interesting way to think about it. Uh, if that was the case, I, I would have. I would not be walking. A couple broken bones. <laughs> couple hip there, so. Well, Kit, we really, uh, really appreciate you coming on, man. Just kind of shooting the shit, 
you know, tell us a little bit about everything. We really appreciate all that you do for Major League Rugby. I mean, we, we love listening to you doing broadcast. It's been uh, always a pleasure to have you and glad to have you and Lincoln, you know, back on on the horn together here this coming weekend in Austin. Uh, I do get kind of, we get kind of spoiled because you do, do get a lot of Austin matches, which is pretty great. It absolutely is. And it's unfortunate to be able to work with Lincoln and guys, I appreciate it. Dustin, Rick and Grant, obviously I thank you guys for all you do. It's a labor of love for what you do for rugby, not just in the state of Texas, but I mean, what, what you're doing for rugby in this country. And it really is. I mean, you are helping grow this game as much as anybody. So I thank you guys for everything. And thanks again for having me. And those are kind, kind statements that we will take a break on and say, Kit, thanks for joining us. Glad to have you on. We'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back, everybody. Really appreciate you continuing to listen and watch the three-headed Hydra. That is Texas Rugby Monthly. We, uh, you know, we're not like those other podcasts that <laughs> we keep talking about. 30-something. Do you believe that? 30-something podcast out there in American rugby. Who has that amount of time to listen to all those? Grant raises his hand. For those of you listening, Grant just raises his hand. I've got time to listen to everything. Must be nice. So, who has hey. time to go on to all of them? I know, right? Exactly. Who has time to go on to all of them? What do, you, what do you think I'm listening to during the day when I'm sitting here writing policy and procedures? What do you think Grant's doing right now while he's recording Texas Rugby Monthly? He's listening to a whole other podcast. He's watching, podcast. <laughs> he's watching a match and listening to a podcast. He gets, he gets enough of that, man. So, hey, Guys, this is it. This is the first episode that we can talk about Major League Rugby. That's exciting for, for two of us. <laughs> sorry, 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 Rick. <laughs> hey, Rick. However, I do notice that you have your new kit on, as, as you mentioned. Uh, oh. You got both of them. Those are slick. I will say that. I do like those kits. So uh, be, because... Because we do like those kits, uh, we'll st- we'll start with Dallas and and see what's going on. Perfect. I- actually, hold on. I, I want to take a step back. Did you guys know that this past month we had three, one, two, three, separate broadcasts on Texas Rugby Monthly and Austin Rugby supporters, but Texas Rugby Monthly. Uh, we had exclusive rights to all the Houston SaberCats and Austin Gilgronies preseason matches on Texas Rugby Monthly. Exclusive no. rights. Only one broadcast. We had a total, a total. Uh, let's see, the Houston Austin match had a, at, at max watching um, somewhere around uh, 280 people around the world. We had the Beast was on there. We had uh, Drew Mitchell was on the was watching that match. Uh, who else was watching? A um, couple, uh, lots of people from Australia because they were up early in the morning. And then we had lots of uh, a couple different owners from around Major League Rugby. And someone even said that uh, the commissioner himself might have been tuning in for a few minutes on Texas Rugby Monthly. That, my friends, is very exciting. I, it's the most action we've gotten out of all of our uh, uh, podcast. We have so many followers. Um, yeah, it's the most action. Our social media channel just absolutely exploded after that. So just want to throw that <laughs> throw out. Thank you to all of you that now listen and follow us because of a random of, of because well because we decided we wanted to put out video because nobody else was um I, we wanted I, we to put out content because nobody else was willing to and we said why not yeah screw it um grant 
uh, hat off. I don't have a hat on, but hats off to you, man, for for really for broadcasting three matches. Um, <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, you had uh, yeah three matches. Two back back. Actually, we we had four matches. I should say we had four matches because we yeah. had Austin, Austin, um, Austin Nola, Nola Houston, Houston Austin, and Austin LA. So four matches, man. That's uh, well, I didn't get to, Austin LA, but no, but yeah, but sh- we did those. Shout out to Bradley Randall, uh, Randall Yandel, uh, who uh, Yandel. Yandel, yes, I know. I I have a friend named Brad Brad Randall. So, uh, so Bradley Yandel, who came and helped out on that one for Texas Rugby Monthly on Austin, did a fantastic job. Did a great job. Um, you and know, John, minus, John with the camera work. John with camera work was spot on. Like, like it was great. Yeah, um, great. Unfortunately, he got drowned out about thirty percent of the time by Thunderstruck uh, and the loudest <laughs> audio in the history of of live. Sports. Yeah, when we get to when we get to Austin, we're gonna have to have a talk about. Uh, You're gonna have to get the in stadium <laughs> podcast situation. They, they 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 fixed that this past weekend a little bit. So oh, that's anyway, okay. I, I, that's they, not the only that's not the only stadium with that issue. So. They're it's, it's being it, it's being addressed all around as a as a crowd issue. You know how do how do we uh, engage? How do we make sure that yeah? Well, how do we engage the crowd but not drown out all the uh, socializing that goes on as a part of the rugby? Yeah, and, you know, and, and actually going on on the field. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. And, when, and and how do we make sure we don't, we're not drawing over the match? So, yeah. So that discussion's going on around the league. That's not just a. That's not just one stadium. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that's happening. So anyway, I just wanted. To, I I thought we'd stop for a second before we, before we get into the the each 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 round table oh, or get to the round table. But I'm really happy about that. I'm I'm happy that people tuned into it. And again, Grant, thanks again to you, and thanks again to the amazing camera work of your lovely wife. Uh, who I can hear in the background, <laughs> uh, which I think is funny. Uh, she can't hear you, but she can't but hear me, but we can hear her. <laughs> I, had to me- I-, I had to mute it, mute it a few times uh, a little bit ago when we were talking to kids. Oh. <laughs> okay, we're all right, man. That's why I've I've completed but, uh, um, over here. So, so, Rick, go ahead. Most, the action, most of the action in Dallas has actually been happening through the commissioner's office and the owners group, which was making the deals with Geico. Which I mean, that's that's a massive pro sports sponsorship. Yeah, that's not a you know up and coming pro sports sponsorship to get a brand like that. Um, along with American Airlines, which I know other um, teams have been getting their own you know uh, deals with different local airlines, but for American Airlines to be the travel sponsor for the entire league is is huge as well. Uh, those are huge brand names that's going to bring attention. Uh, that's going to bring money. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, that was the reason George Kilbrew was brought in, was to figure out how to bring a huge influx of money. And he seems to be doing that. So um, I would say that's the most action Dallas has been getting. Um, we do have good news in terms of gameplay. So the DFW area has basically lifted restrictions on playing uh rugby so now the teams are have put other schedules along with the, i think the rest of texas uh i know that they have a big schedule set in place they're going to play xo they're going to play hdx they're playing the huns they're playing the blacks um quinn's kind of waited until the last minute to put out their schedule yeah um it's not a strong schedule i know that they're you know leaning towards the seven season um and i i think you know things are happening behind the scenes in terms of youth development and things 
like that. I'm not sure exactly uh, what John Conmey would say, president of the club at this point, uh, but they've got a spring schedule together and they'll be playing matches. So I know there was concern for a while because they weren't showing up on anybody else's schedule. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that, that concern has now gone away. They have Dallas uh, teams, the D1 teams, but there's plenty of other teams. I know Grand, Grand Prairie is in there. Is in there. Um, the HEB um, ULIS team is in, is playing. Uh, everybody's training. Everybody's practicing. Um, it There will be a season. Uh, there's concern about whether fans will be allowed at some of the matches, and I think it's going to depend on the teams. Uh, but um, what I'm, I'm hoping is, is that as was done in Austin and Houston in terms of live streaming some of the games, there will be some live stream games, at least on Facebook, um, for some of the, at least for the D1 uh, teams up here now. Um, so the Jackals are still kind of putting out some social media content. Um, I'm not allowed to, to release information about a certain somebody who will be uh, making an appearance in the not so distant future for the jackals like as a player or as a <laughs> as an are, did they sign you um, or something because they don't have anybody else <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's neither a player nor a broadcaster so um it'll just, it'll be into once it's just once a, random, receive, it's uh, a random person information that that information can be released i will release it um All right. yes kit is finally coming in so I got both of my jerseys. You can see my black and teal in the background. I'm wearing my white and teal right now. Yeah. Um, I do like the some black people and teal are pretty awesome. struggling with it, but uh, it seems to be a team by team thing with the rugby shop in terms of um, who's producing the products. And I don't know if you know it's them getting the information in and confirming orders with the rugby shop, but um, I know that we have a big announcement with the rugby shop coming up here. Oh yeah. Um, Very I'll, excited for that one. We, we teased it last month. We teased it, <laughs> but I'm just excited that we're going to get some local rugby. Unfortunately, university is still uh, held to the standard of each university. And so uh, unfortunately SMU um, is just beginning training now and uh, they graduate in May. So I, I'm not sure how much rugby we're going to get in. Uh, they're still not letting us play matches, so uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, there are universities that will be scheduling matches, uh, playing a shortened season. Uh, there will be no nationals for NRC for 15s. I think they're looking at, at just doing sevens this year. That is what I've got. Oh, oh! And the Dallas Reds went down and beat HTX. Yes, they did. Dallas up, Houston down. Oh man, Grant, you got anything to you know kind of throw in there on that one? Hey, it's our first game ever, you know. First game and, ever. Uh, Congratulations on that, by the way. Yeah, thank you. And uh, and you know that was a big deal for us is getting just getting that under our belt, uh, getting some tries scored, uh, you know, and especially in the third period, you know, we did three periods of thirty minutes each, and uh, you know hockey? all the coaches. No, the coaches agreed <laughs> on it. We had a lot of. The, in the third players. period, we had a power play. Well, the, we had a lot of players that needed to get time, right? And, yeah, no, you know, just... we're we're three deep on uh, on our back line, and and Phil wanted to make sure a lot of his players got playing time, so we agreed upon th- three thirty minute periods, and you know, oh. the referee said no problem, we can do it. So that's awesome. 
And, and you know, we we finally settled down in our in the last 30 minutes and started playing our game plan and moving it out wide and letting our speed do the work and scoring tries that way, which is what we try to do. And too little, too late on our end. Dallas, uh, tough side, as always, uh, you know, there's a reason that they are one of the top teams in Texas, top teams in the nation, yep. is because they are not easy to beat, and they proved it that day. Uh, we got some, you know, ever there were some tries that probably were left on the field by both teams, and we we both feel that you know we could have gone back and got it. But this was a what we consider a preseason warm up match for both teams, mm -hmm. and uh, we we've got two more games to go, one in Houston, one in Dallas. And uh, and from there, you know, it's just a matter of uh, see what we'll see what we got from there. Yeah, we've got the Huns this week. There's and some guys. Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say there's some guys on the Reds team that you know are probably ML MLR talent uh, capable at this moment. That's a good team. If you look at that yeah. roster up and down, that Reds team is really good. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, there are a couple guys who could do some medical jokers. Um, the really hard part, and we're even seeing this with the rugby HDX guys, is the really hard part of going from men's D1 to the MLR is pace and intensity. Yeah, speed is uh, high. And, and, you know, I, I sat out there and watched the, uh, watched the Cats practice yesterday for, for three hours at match pace. And <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> yeah. I was just mind boggled and, and, you know, just how fast they were going and everybody was out there, you know, the, the, even the guys who were injured were out there watching and doing their part, you know? So it was, it's not, uh, it, it with it for the catch, you know, they're not sitting back on their laurels of having beat the, uh, you know, the two time MLR champions in the first, first match of the season. That's, I mean, they're very concerned that, uh, Hey, there was a lot of seawoods that weren't out there mm -hmm. that we would normally see. So this will not be the same seawoods team that they're going to face when they go up to Seattle. Yeah. And, you know, now that we know that Samu Manoa is to play. Yeah. Yeah. Now we know that Samu Manoa is added to the team as well. And there's some other names, some big names that are going to be coming up. You know, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough ask going to play them again. It won't be the same, uh, as easy and it wasn't easy this time so it's something that the cats are really going to have to focus on kudos to them they got the try scored um uh they found their pattern they made they exploited the holes the gaps the way they needed to and the way they wanted to uh also their counter uh their counter attack was uh spot on you could see that uh that mateus freire and uh zach pangel Angelina uh, were both, uh, you know, right on, right in tune with each other on counterattacks at night. Um, we do think we left two tries on the board by not having enough support running for them. And if we would have had, you know, plenty of support runners on their breakaways, we probably would have been another two tries up on on the Seawoods, and that would have been a bigger surprise to everybody. Hey, Grant. Uh, speaking of uh, the counterattack, Jinyo. Uh, had a huge hand in a couple of those. Um, and as a former Dallas Quinn, um, how do you think he's uh, looking? I, I was surprised he got the start, to be fair. Yeah, well, um, you know, <laughs> the, getting the start was going to happen. So <laughs> that's a, that's not an issue. Um, I, I think everybody understands that 
the vet uh, is dealing with a, a minor injury right now, and uh, the team hasn't really announced what that is. I don't even know what that is, mm. but I do know that he's not. Uh, he, that's that's probably the reason why he's not out there. Um, you know, you don't you don't bench your captain for any other reason, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, so Jinho, yeah, he he stood up, did his job. Um, I would like to see him kick a little less when it, when he has other options, and he definitely has other options. So you know, what, one of the things scrum halves don't always do at this level, at, at MLR level, when they step up, is consider their field enough. Like they have one or two options, but they need to know three or four options, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something Jenho is learning to do is, is step up and get find that third or fourth option board before he picks up and delivers, you know, whatever that delivery is going to look like. So that's something that, you know, we're going to see him working on through the season and especially at the turnaround point, because there's a couple of times if he would have just sniped the post instead of chipping ahead, we probably would have been further down the field. Mm. So, but I mean, this is not an easy thing for anybody, right? Um, you coming up from men's D one and, uh, and then getting up into the MLR, that's a pace difference. Like I said, the decision making is uh, is is incredible, uh, and so it's not an easy thing. So what he's doing is great, Cody O'Neill. Uh, golly, if you go back and watch that game, look at the number of rucks Cody O'Neill's involved in. Mm-hmm. The guy is everywhere, and, and that's what you want a lock to be. But this is a big, tough lock. He's making a lot of big hits. He's He's making some strong carries, wrapping up a you know, making sure that a couple of defenders have to wrap up on him every time he's carrying. You know, he's doing some really hard work there. So, yeah, kudos to the Jackals players who have come down and uh, and are doing their part here with the uh, SaberCats. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you got anything else uh, kicking up there in Houston that you want to throw out there? A lot of a lot of a uh, lot of stuff on the on the high school rugby front going on here. Um, you know, in Houston, high school teams cycle through whether they're on the up or on the down side. And this year we're seeing some teams cycle up that haven't cycled up normally, like straight Jesuit. They haven't cycled up in a while, but they've been on top before. Um, so this weekend, the uh, curtain raiser for the Cats uh, Free Jacks game is going to be Woodlands versus Westlake which I, you know, those are two power. Yeah. That's two powerhouse teams. Um, Woodlands are three deep at every position in their high school team right now. And three deep with juniors and seniors. If that doesn't get you excited for rugby in America, like, I mean, yeah, to to have a, have Westlake and Woodlands play prior, like as a curtain raiser to an MLR match with teams that are running three deep, like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And then they'll, and there'll be a rugby game going out on the training fields uh, with with uh, rugby HTX and Austin Huns at the same time. So there's a lot of rugby going on, and uh, and then right before the match. So that's a big deal. There's going to be a lot of people out at the stadium, you know, doing the doing the things that people do for rugby. So you know, the things that we've got to do right to get people into the MLR stadiums are being done yeah. here in Houston. And uh, you know, you you see. Uh, uh, Debo Ali, who played a uh, wing for Newcastle Falcons and London Wasp, was has been at our matches recently. He lives here in town, 
And uh, he, he, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen him. He's a tall guy, uh, really speedy. He's in his 40s now, but, uh, you know, still has a pretty good following. And he could still lay some up. Yeah, well, (laughs) and, and, you know, he knows the game. So you see him sitting up in the stands with a couple of three people around him, and he's explaining the game to you. And, and, you know, so that kind of stuff is, yeah, I can look around the stands and see that, all the rugby people are bringing their friends onesies, yeah. twosies to the matches. And so that and the parents coming to these games and the extra fans coming to the rugby HDX Austin Huns games and then staying to, to watch the MLR game. All of those things are, are happening. And that's the kind of stuff we need to do to make sure that this moves forward. And, do, you have a, do you have a number on how many people were at the match this past week? Um, we, we, uh, we know that there were 1,800 tickets sold before the match. Okay. Yeah. So, so probably a little over two thousand. Yeah, it looked like there's a little over half full. Yeah. Um, you couldn't see it as well uh, from the camera from the camp because of where the cameras are showing yeah. and the way the lights do at night. But uh, is really good in the stands. Um, you know, Houston is still we're still a halfway point, but there's people all around the stadium down in the down in the uh, south end goal uh, in the catch den. You know, where the where the bar is, making sure that they're having a good time down there. So there was a. I think we probably had around twenty five hundred people there. I don't know if all of those twenty five hundred were ticket holders, but I, I'd <laughs> say twenty five hundred people total. I, yeah. That works, man. That works. Yeah. So I, I was very I was very impressed with the with the showing. Um, you know, the guy we've got running, Houston SaberCats JT yet came from uh, the minor league baseball uh, arenas or stadiums and he you know this is some guy who really knows how to make sure that bodies are in seats yeah doing all the different things and you know there's even even during the the television uh downtime at the 20 minute marks and at halftime there's always something going on down on the field at the stadium yeah you may not see it on the tv but it's happening there so the fan experience is being uh, attended to well, that's the that's the point, right? Like, get it on the field, get pe- get people into yeah. the stands that that can't watch that that you know. I'm watching at home, you only get to see so much. Like, you expect that you don't see halftime shows for or halftime events for major major sporting events in football or soccer or anything like that. So, well, like what I like about it is uh, the uh, the SaberCats, the Viva Stadium host, yeah, what they call their host is Raheem. I can't say his last name right now without looking at it, so don't ask me. But Raheel's been a fixture on ESPN Sports Radio here in Houston for years. And so he brings his own following to the games yeah. just by being the host. Uh, Drew, our media guy, is bringing in uh, noted DJs from around town to do the music for the matches. So we had DJ Chiotti this this week, and, you know, we're going to have things like that. Those guys, they bring their own following around. And so the things that you need to do to reach out and touch those people that aren't necessarily fans, but could be that stuff's getting done here and there. And eventually that's going to pay off to have some full stadiums down the road, down the road. That's awesome. Good stuff, man. All right. I'm I'm going to bring us home. Bring us home, brother. (laughs) Well, uh, I, I, I want to kind of piggyback on what you said. I was so excited to see Austin have a quote unquote sellout 
that we could that we could sell out in Texas or with COVID. So 50% capacity, um, kind of the same situation as in Houston. Like you, people all around the stadium. You know, I saw different photos being taken, and there were people on both sides of the stadium, spread out, social distance. Um, I'm gonna go ballpark around 2,200 to 2,500 people who were there too. Like it was loud. Like you could hear it on television, which is different for an Austin match. We're not actually used to that, are we? Uh, <laughs> so you know, that's uh, you know we listen we know who we know who we have been so we understand so i want to say like that that for me was really exciting the match was i I mean all the matches were great you know unfortunately austin came up short questionable decisions whether or not to get points when you're five minutes in the attacking 22 or you just want to try to score a try like God, we're there. we were inside the 22 for five minutes and the end of the first half and we came back with nothing because we just we could have kicked for post about three times and just gotten points on the board so uh questionable calls i'll let that I, i'm you know monday morning quarterback or sorry monday morning fly half as we'll talk to mr Daly, so uh monday morning fly half but yeah again um we almost came, we almost came back at the end um, and we almost took it 50 meters away mac mason hit it just to the right like uh, from what people said is like it was it had the distance couldn't really tell on the camera but it had the distance it was just to the right of, by about about two or three meters and so unfortunately you know 28 30 um again utah is a tough team like don't don't put it past utah man they've got some players uh as as kit said earlier like mikey teo again he, he was leading they were fired up so um big, big plays from a lot of a lot of good players on the team uh you know i think that mo abdominant uh had just yeah, he was just a, a hell of a match. Um, something like 20 ruck arrivals, 13 tackles. Uh, I think uh, like one one to two dominant tackles. There was one tackle he had with Cam Dotson in the first half where he just absolutely buried um, Van Vuren. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like that's a big boy to bury. And they buried him. Um, uh, Zinzan, Ellen Puttick, he had 150 meters on 11 carries. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> a lot of carries he, had, for he had 10 broken tackles like 10 tackle breaks three offloads like man he was fly. you go back and watch that match he just was ter- he, again fastest feet in mlr i think he's just quicker than a hiccup man um so great to see zinni on there however zinni did go off and on social media looked like zinni may have broken a finger mm. like other austin players like cam dodson went out hurt and uh, again austin's gonna deal with a lot of injuries it looks like right now so uh but we're again as grant and i are talking not the only team in the league i think every team in the league is dealing with injuries so uh it's gonna be something mlr 2021 is gonna be the injury laden season i think uh guiltinis yeah they got a good team but one of those guys gets hurt and they don't have anybody backing them up right now or at least nobody to that that caliber so um and then i think to to go back we talked about um uh, Junior, like I think that another former da- da- Dallas player who's been playing, played fantastic for us was Connor Mooneyham. I mean, you go back and watch that match. First match, he was struggling a little bit. Second match or second half of the match, he went absolutely bananas and just uh, he was he was fantastic. So well, it's hard going up against your heroes. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but but really, so really I, I'm actually big credit to I, them. One of the one of the things I wanted to bring up was, you know, Austin Houston, not not necessarily walkover teams in the last three years, but certainly not, you know, the class of the league. And I really think this is a year where we're going to see uh, Austin Houston make big jumps in the standings. Uh, that's my opinion anyway. But also I think 
there's going to be a lot more competitive games this year. I, I think oh, most, yeah. there's more parity in the league than there were in the last three years. I think it's not even close. I think the parity is is really crazy this year. Yeah, it's going well, to be. And, and, the, and the pandemic has really caused that. That and the the law, the new law variations that have been put in. Whoa. So we're going to see it take Scrum about off. four. Oh, the scrum law is fine. Yeah, I don't have a problem. I mean, I'm a forward. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one, one of the things that I'm, I'm impressed with is the fact that uh, these players know that it's making the game faster. So they're also, that also makes them speed up their game. Yeah. When, the, when they would usually be lollygagging around, now they're moving. So, so they understand that that's part of it. But uh, I think we're going to get about four weeks in before we think, see things settle down in, uh, uh, sorry, penalty wise. Yeah. And I mean, we had 140 penalties in five games. Yeah. That's a lot. This last week. That's a lot. 140. Uh, three yellow cards in the uh, in the Austin yeah, match. Yeah, I mean, alone. way too way too many cards, and I mean, you know, and and that's just everybody, including the referees, being rusty. And yeah. the referees are having, you know, the referees have new management this year with Jonathan Kaplan. Yep. And you know, so there's a lot of different things going on, and it's going to take us about four weeks to get settled in before we actually start seeing teams begin to play their game plan consistently and be disciplined at the breakdown. Those things are not going to happen in the next three weeks. No, no, not at all. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. So yeah, Austin match um, thought, thought was, I mean, it's a good match, a great, great production quality. What the legendary Kit McConaughey announcing that one. So uh, excited to hear that one. My, my second thing that I had, uh, I'd like to uh, give a shout out and announce to a new rugby team in the greater Austin area. And if you don't know about it yet, the round rock rage rugby the rage. I love that. It's a women's D2 rugby team. Um, I have to remember it's uh, Chris. What's her uh, last name? Karsten. Karsten. I, I knew it. Grant, damn it. <laughs> so uh, I, I believe, she, I, I believe she's, she's having it up. So super excited to have like, that's, that's awesome. I'm again, growth of the sport, man. The new, new, new round, new round rock team up there kind of with orc who kind of play in the Pflugerville round rock area. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's the growth of the women's game now too. You know, we've got, you know, UT, I, I've seen UT women rugby practice. Like they've got a ton of, ton of ladies out there. So that's pretty exciting. And then the last thing, Rick, you alluded to it earlier. We alluded to it last time. Um, got a big announcement for us in, in the world of Texas rugby monthly. And um, we're pretty excited. So we joked about that we don't have t-shirts uh, a couple months ago uh, that are for Texas Rugby Monthly t-shirts, and we don't. Uh, what we have done is the past couple, past couple weeks um, dealing with all the winter storm that happened here in Texas, as you all know, it kind of plagued us in February and we recorded late, uh, put a lot of different families in some pretty tough positions, right? A lot of rugby families, uh, some here in Austin, some in Dallas. Like, we know people who have had issues uh, with you know flooding in houses and pipes busts and things like that, we have created a um, uh, we've, we've created a, a we've, in partnership I should say in partnership with the rugby shop and Austin Rugby supporters. We are we have created a a t-shirt and actually it's a t-shirt a sweatshirt a hoodie a tank top called Rugby for Texas. And if you're interested in it, we'll put the link in the bio. It is officially launched Friday, um, the 26th of march 
And so this is really great. The great thing about it is 100% of the proceeds, uh, 100% of the profit, sales, whatever you want to call it, are going to We Are Texas, the Just Keep Living Texas Relief Fund for Mr. Matthew McConaughey, uh, and also to help some of the rugby families in town uh, around the state. Um, here all right, all right, all right, all right. There you go, man. So really excited that we were able to work with the rugby shop, worked with Kyle um, up there and the, and the lads up there in Canada. Um, and and I, I think it's, it's awesome for us. Those, those shirts are going on there. Also, kind of tied in with that, we also have the Austin Rugby Supporters, the Gilgroniac line, uh, as, since we call ourselves the Gilgroniacs now. Uh, all of those shirts and hoodies will go to the same We Are Texas Relief Fund. Uh, I'm just super excited. Uh, if you want to buy a shirt, I think it's like 25 bucks. It's pretty cheap. It's a, it's a T-shirt. But again, all the proceeds are going to charity. So be excited for that. Help rugby families, help Texas families who are hurting. You're listening around the country, which I know some of you do. You know, buy a T-shirt, support Texas. And hey, the design's not too bad. I, I was pretty happy with it. Oh. Bragging because I did it myself. So. <laughs> but hey, you know, we, we, I got input from these two lads. So, but th- that's it. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this. You know, it's just something that I, I think, you know, again, Families are struggling for those who are, you know, having a hard time that we can help them out a little bit and, you know, throw a couple things their way by wearing a t-shirt and Hey, who doesn't like rugby, rugby t-shirts? Right. Come on, man. Uh, you can never have enough. You can never have enough. My closet. Yep, exactly. Well, that's all the big news that I have this week. We've got, that's the March episode, gentlemen. Um, as always, you know, this is always fun. Great. Thanks to Kit McConaughey for coming on this week. Really enjoyed talking with Kit. Rick, you got anything? Ooh, do we have four? We're going to have four weeks of rugby to talk about next time? Man, there's so much rugby to talk about next time. Ooh. Strap yourself in, kids. It's going to be a bumpy one. <laughs> Grant, anything from you? No, man, I'm good. All right, man. We appreciate everybody listening and watching for... Rick Collins in Dallas, Grant Cole over there in H-Town, Houston, Texas. I'm Dustin Zare in Austin saying I got no special sign off this week. Hey, thanks for joining us. We always appreciate it. Much love from Texas to all you who are watching and listen around the country and around the state. Cheers. Cheers, man. Cheers.